How you doing? I'm good. What's going on, bro? I'm good, man. Jacob and Morgan in the house. Yeah. How we feeling? I feel great. It's a good day. Bro, I loved hearing about you in a little pre-interview portion, man, because it's like I think it's so important to be able to pivot. Not and not pivot because you have to pivot or pivot, but pivot be but you know, shift gears because you know there's more out there and you know you're capable of so much more. You know what I'm saying? I I I feel like you have to if you want to succeed you have to and also the willingness to learn and having that having that that thing in you that makes you want to keep learning you know what i mean i i think it's always odd when i see people who you know they've kind of they it seems like they've kind of done everything they think they can do or or like there's like a vibe against switching careers or doing something different because they think they're too old or they don't know enough about a certain project or things like that and and I just think we, you could literally, you know, I write about it. I write it in my journal every day. Like, you know, you can literally do anything you want. You could literally shape your own reality. And we have the power to literally do whatever we want, you know? And the other thing is like, you know, when we were talking before, you know, we hopped on the podcast, like everything you told me that you learned on your, your, your own. Now, look, I'm not saying I went to college, right? But I went to college to study kind of a skill. You know, I went to theater school at NYU. So I didn't learn anything else besides how to act, how to be on camera, how to be truthful, how to be yourself, how to like access that vulnerable vulnerable part of yourself, you know? Um, so when it comes to like, whatever it is, finance, business management, working here, like everything you need to know like exists on the internet, like truly, truly, you know? You wanna be a photographer? Well, guess what? There's a like truly so many videos on how to do it. So many, you know? And so I, when I hear somebody be like, oh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just like, I don't have the money for this or that. I'm like, you could do it on your iPhone. Start with the iPhone. The iPhone is a camera. It's a good camera. 90%, 90% of all photos are taken on an iPhone. Most content you see online is filmed on an iPhone. You know what I mean? You don't have to be like a like a movie director anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that anymore, you know? The first step is always the hardest. It's always the hardest. You right? The first the first step to to finishing something is starting it. Honestly, I saw that on a fortune cookie and I think about that all the time. And I have it somewhere. I think I have I have one in my car. I have different fortune cookies around my place for sure. Like not cookies, but you know the fortunes, you know what I'm saying? Some of them, sometimes they drop some heavy knowledge, you know what I mean? You know, going, going into the arts with, with immigrant parents, I think in other families might be difficult. I think because my dad was a singer and a musician, I, th I think for me, it wasn't, it was okay, right? Like she didn't, she, she had hinted like, oh, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, which by the way, I could still be those things if I want to. I could still be those things if I want to, all right? But like, you know, she just was like, if you're going to do it, do it well. You know, I remember the first time I did, I did a show in, in, at Caroline's on Broadway, which has, which has closed down since like last year, it closed down. Um, you know, I did my first bringer show there for those people who don't know a bringer show is basically if you want to perform for five to 10 minutes, you have to bring 10 people to the show and have them buy tickets. But I remember that night I had a really bad set. Like I bombed pretty hard. I hadn't bombed like that before I was 20 years old. I was only used to performing in front of college students uh, at NYU. And so um, 
that summer we went back to White Plains after that show and you know she just told me like you know you were really awful you were bad and you can do better than that like she was really hard she was she was but I would say I appreciate that more I think then again I don't know the other side of it I don't know what it would be like to be like don't worry sweetie like you're the best you know you can do like I don't want to have a like a delusional sense of self-worth right like obviously I believe in myself right um I had you kind of have to have a certain certain level of belief and delusion to pursue what I have pursued um but uh but yeah you could always do more I, I think people who are at the top of their game never and I read this in a book like people people like Kevin Hart or The Rock or you know LeBron James or or athletes who are just at the at the peak performance I don't think they go around saying or like Kobe's a good example I don't think they go around like you know oh I'm the best I think they they show up and they're like I haven't done enough it's always that mentality I haven't done enough you know what I mean anybody anybody who's at the top of the game I don't think you're gonna see them walking around like yeah no I'm the greatest I think I think like they can see those stats and be like maybe you know like objectively yeah but I, but but to themselves they're like I can be greater you know there's always that feeling of like I could do more you know what I mean and uh, I admire that I try to keep that with me uh, also in the face of knowing people can do it better than you like I I do I sing and I do comedy I perform I sell tickets do I sell the most tickets of any comedian there is no do I am I the best guitar player there is no are there musicians and comedians that I would like to be like and on their level? Like, absolutely. I was having this talk with my, with a, with a partner of mine. My, yeah, I was talking to my partner about this because she's a makeup artist for film and TV. And, you know, right now the TV and film industry is in the middle of a strike. And uh, she's been a little bit stressed out about money and work. And I'm just sort of like, in my head, I'm like, well, you could literally do anything else, you know, but in her head, she, I think she's set on this career path, you know, and I, I, like I said, I, I, we were talking, I think we're just capable of, we could really do anything we want. We could find passion. I mean, like in anything we want, you know, and um, I think like the ability to pivot, I mean, who knows, like in five years, who knows if AI will basically run the industry or any industry we're in. I mean, look, a, a good friend of mine, look, we're talking, a good friend of mine is a photographer like professional video, uh, director, photographer. He started out doing videos and we used to work together at the Apple store. Didn't go to college. He was doing photography, videography at the Apple store with me when we were working there. Quit, started his own business, started doing commercial shoot, big shoots with like now he's, he's like renting helicopters and she, you know what I mean? He's, he's doing crazy stuff with his production company. And we were having dinner a couple weeks ago and we were just talking about AI and photography. He's like, yeah, man, photography, if we're being honest, has like a good, like another five years, maybe, right? If we're being generous about it, you know? But that doesn't mean like photography is not going to have a plate or people who take photos or like people who do photography or photos. I think it's, the, the, I think the job description is going to change. I think it will be a little bit more imaginative, right? Like, you know, when you're using Adobe Photoshop and using the generative AI or, or that sort of stuff, it's just going to change, you know? Um, my job will change, you know, everybody's job is going to change. And I think you just have to be able to, you know, I think the, the purpose of life is to give your life purpose and you can't be waiting for somebody to give it to you. Right. So you just figure out what's going to make you happy and give you purpose, you know, and 
and whether it's helping people or I don't know. I know we're getting off on a tangent, but long story short, you got to be able to pivot and do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Let me knock out this intro real quick. For sure. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today, musician, comedian, writer, creator, Morgan J. Hey, what up, what up? Morgan J. in the house. What's up, Jacob? Thank you for having what's me, up, man. man. Awesome, man. Now I'm glad to be chatting with you, man. Good to connect. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little bit about a little bit about you, but I want to take yeah. it back all the way to the very beginning. So let's talk about your upbringing. Let's talk about where mm. you're from. Born and raised in Jersey. I was born in Teaneck, New Jersey, 80, 1987. Uh, my mom was from Brazil. My dad was from Argentina via Sicily. Uh, he was a musician and a, and a singer in Argentina for a while and traveled South America and Europe singing for people. Um, eventually moved to New York where he met my mom in a restaurant. She was working the coat room and he was a chef. He was known as the singing chef. So basically he will cook for you and he will come out and then he would sing for you after the meal. Um, and uh, that was his, that he pivoted, right? He pivoted from, look, you can't be a singer and a pop star forever unless you're, I mean, look, maybe you can, but even still, it's not going to be the same like when you're at the, the height of it, right? Do you know how he transitioned from singer to chef? I honestly don't know because, you know, he passed away when I was six. So I don't know the full story of how I would have liked, that'd be a nice thing to know, like how he yeah, how he transitioned from the, but I think, you know, it could just be a passion. I mean, the food, the food and the, his culture of like Argentinian food and Italian food. I think that culture of food is so rich there. I think it's probably natural that everybody in those countries, like probably knows how to cook and eat and enjoy f food, you know, and also music and food and entertainment kind of, it's its own art. Right. And they're so, I mean, when I perform, I perform in a nightclub and there's drinks and there's food and there's music. When I, you know what I mean? And I mean, I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was at this place called Delilah. Uh, it's this place that a couple of, I think Drake is a shareholder in it. It's, it was, the food was incredible. The vibe was immaculate. They had music, that, like it would have everything, music, food and drinks. You know what I mean? And entertainment. And it was probably, I bet it was just a natural uh, progression of things. You know, I like to cook. I think I cook well. And uh, I think I could see myself being in that sort of hospitality industry in, in my later years too. I think, I think food is one of, be one of those things that's always going to be in the hands of humans. You know, if you really want like a fine dining cuisine experience, you know, you're going to have to have that. I think the number one job they said that that's still going to be necessary after the AI during the AI revolution is short order line cook is what they said. You know, so, um, but in any case, like. Yeah, so I grew up, I started piano when I was about six or seven. Did your dad or your mom, your family, like, encourage you to get into music? Or was that something that you were yeah, like, I think, drawn to? Yeah, I think, yeah, because my older brother, he had to play piano. I had to play piano. Um, we had a piano in the house. You know, my dad was always singing on his guitar when I was growing up, you know. Um, but I, I just remember not liking the process of practicing, right? Like, actually playing, actually sitting down. And I was good. Like, I, I think... If you're, I feel like you and I are similar. I think like we probably have a natural uh, ability to just pick up things in the beginning, right? I think, I think like you can pick. I think it's it's if you have a natural ability to just pick up a new skill, that's good. But it's also going to be you're going to have to work that much harder to be like really amazing at the skill. You know what I'm saying? 
And so, um, you know, I was playing piano for about 10 years. I was really good. I had a, a very good teacher. One of those teachers that don't really care about the money. They're doing it because they see something in you, right? To the point where, like, I remember Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out on PlayStation 2, and I was playing that nonstop for a week, and I just wasn't practicing piano. And we had my piano teacher and I had already had issues where I just wasn't, like, dedicating enough hours in the day to the piano. Like, he wanted me to practice two hours a day. And, uh, you know, in the life of a young teenager, that's a long time, you know? You know so I just wasn't have I didn't have the dedication, and I, I felt like it was really being pushed on me. And, uh, you know, we parted ways. He actually walked out. I mean, he, like, he broke up with me. He was like, I'm not going to teach you anymore. He's like, you're wasting my time. You're wasting your parents' money. I'm not going to do this. And so that was kind of a bummer. It felt like an end of an era. Uh, but then about a year or so after that, I picked up the guitar and, and, and leisurely was playing guitar. And uh, it was my, my dad's guitar. It was the first guitar I had, right? So I was playing that. And um, that was that. So I played guitar for myself. I sang for myself. That was kind of something personal for me. Uh, but you know, then in high school, I was, I remember I was, I was like back behind the theater of the high school and I was just singing cause I liked, I enjoyed, I liked to sing. And there was a, I was, I think I was a sophomore and there was a, there was a scene. No, cause I was in choir. All right. Let me see how the chain of events went. I was in choir and I was one of the better singers in choir. We, I made it to all state. I made it to all state choir, the New Jersey. We went to like the all state choir. We did the that sort of thing. And then I remember I was backstage where we did the choir stuff, and there was a senior there who was also in the chorus with me, uh, Mike Tyberski. I remember Mike and his girlfriend at the time, and they were like, "Why don't you do drama club? You could be singing in the in like the the school like the plays and the musicals." I was like, "I don't know." Anyway, joined drama club, ended up booking like some of the main roles in the shows. And then I think it was between junior year and senior year, I did a program at the New York Film Academy, an acting program. So I remember I would take a bus into uh, New York City. And I do remember also, I was afraid to take the bus from Jersey, like the, the to the Port Authority. And uh, my mom was like, I moved here and I didn't speak any English. So you can figure it out. And I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you how to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you sink or swim moment right there. Real talk. She's like, "There's a bus stop right here. You can get your ticket. You can figure it out." So I took the train to Port Authority, hopped on the six train. No, no, hopped on the E train. Went the wrong way because the E train is 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 interesting, right? Because the E train doesn't just go up and down. It goes up, and at 42nd Street, you could easily get mixed up where am i going right because it goes cross town so i remember i got on the wrong i got on the wrong train i remember there was i asked somebody a question and then those two people started getting an argument about how to give me directions very very new york very new york energy and so eventually i figured it out because also the transfer from the e train to the six train i think there's a transfer at 50th street i think or 59th street at 59th Street, that's where it is. So you see, right? No, you already know it's crazy because so 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 the transfer from the six because you could transfer on six uh, to the six on 59th Street and they like intersect like this, right? But it's very confusing because you it's just anyway made it to made it to New York Film Academy. I did a theater program. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fascinating, and I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. So I applied to um, 
NYU Theater School, which at the time, and I'm not sure where it ranks now, but it was one of the top five theater schools in the country. I applied to Fordham, NYU, and I applied to the Mason Girls School of the Arts at Rutgers. And I uh, I only got into NYU. I was waitlisted at um, Fordham. And I almost, I feel like I almost got into Rutgers. Rutgers, Mason Gross is one of the top five schools in the country as well. And, uh, but I went to the audition on the wrong day and I was like so heartbroken. And I guess that kind of hurt me. Like I, I, I just, and they, they were like, wouldn't see me, but they were willing to see me. It was just such a thing. Like, and they said like, if you don't hear from us for a while, it's because we're having a hard time making a decision. So like a month went by and I didn't hear from them. You got to understand when I applied to college, I had, oh, and I also applied to Emerson. I did get into Emerson. That was in Boston, but my mom said that was too far from from where we were. But uh but if you if you apply to theater school, you have to audition. You don't just send you have to like literally like learn a monologue, give a headshot, and audition for school. And um and the NYU, they were just like, All right guys, we'll go in there and have fun. Don't be nervous. You're like, bro, this is the rest of my life. This is like the beginning, this is the jump off point. What you mean? Don't be nervous. You crazy. Uh, but we got in, did it. Uh, I was in good company. I graduated with a lot of really miles teller, for example, was in my class. We, I sat next to him in school. Um, and every, you know, a lot of talented people in that, in that group. Um, do you remember the audition? I re- I don't remember what I did. I literally just got a book of monologues from Barnes and Noble and I just, I did a comedic monologue and a dramatic monologue. And, um, had no I, re- I really didn't really know what I was doing, you know. You had a little bit of experience, right? In theater. A little bit, yeah, fire. a little bit. A little bit. But as far as like in theater, like making choices and knowing technically, like just little things like pacing and things like that, I just didn't know. And But I got in and the theater school was a very interesting process. But I always knew I wanted to do stand-up. So the first week of college, I did, a, I did an open mic at Welcome Week, which I thought was going to be like 20 people. And damn, it was like... 400 students showed up. I did, I did five minutes. It was terrifying, but I, but I did it. And you know, I did it. I was like 18. I did it. I did that. How was that experience? It was cool because also the rest of the week, there was people there that recognized me on campus. They're like, Oh, you did the open mic. You were really, so that was my first taste of it, but I didn't really get into the, the, the comedy scene until like 20, 21 because you know a lot of the clubs you have to be a little bit older to get into it um but it was like that progression i was doing i was i was acting and then i was doing stand-up once a month once a month and that turned into once a week until i graduated then it was like every night and then it was a couple times a night and i don't know i felt like a superhero i just it just felt dope you know it felt dope what was your material I was talking about sex. I was talking about you know i had i was talking about stuff i had no business talking about i didn't have a lot of experience I was just trying to, I just wanted attention. It wasn't like a focus skill, you know, then again, I'm still talking about that stuff, but a little bit more with more experience, more class. I mean, the thing is, I think when you see somebody on stage who's 20, they don't have a lot to talk about 21, 22. So it was hard to gain trust in the, in the crowd, you know? Cause I mean, like, I don't know if I trusted me when I was on stage. You know what I mean? I think audience audiences could sense when you get on stage if if I can trust you or not. You know, they they smell fear, they smell insecurity, and uh, they can feel it. You know, and so I was doing high energy stuff. I was doing, at you know, when I was in high school, Dane Cook was very popular. So 
I think I was trying to emulate something like that. You know, there was a lot of comedians that I liked, that I looked up to. Um, and and it was, it was very, it, I was not a comedian that other comics, I think, liked or enjoyed, to be honest with you. I think comedians, there's something called a comics comic, which is like, the when you do an open mic, for example, or any show and the comics in the back, the only people that you could hear laughing are the comedians, right? I was never that kind of guy. Um, I would have liked to have been. I, I, I like getting, you know, having the respect of your peers is everything. I think I get more of it now. Um, but there was a lot of growing pains with that. And so I was just more of a positive, fun comedian. I was just trying to be really goofy and silly on stage, you know. You know, I had a couple of moments in my career where I thought, oh, maybe something's going to happen and this and that. I auditioned for JFL, which was a big uh, big comedy festival, one of the biggest in the world for comedy. Uh, I had auditioned for MTV and VH1 a couple times to be like a talking head. I had, um, you know, had an, you know, just like little things that, oh, I, I had an opportunity to be like a recurring character on the late night show with Jimmy Fallon. And nothing panned out, nothing happened. And I, I just was kind of bummed out. Um, and that's kind of when I looked to music again. You know, about a, about a year after I moved to L.A., uh, I just wasn't really happy with my comedy. I, was, I wasn't having fun. I wasn't feeling good about it. And I just kind of told myself, you know, if I want to keep doing this, I have to make the process enjoyable. Right? I have to make this fun. It cannot just be outcome-focused, uh, outcome-oriented, right? You have to take joy in the actual act of creating, you know? Um, and then that's when I kind of looked at the guitar and I, I took a summer to pivot and wrote a couple songs, took them around the open mic circuit, took it around shows and people really enjoyed it. And that kind of changed things, you know, that kind of, that really did kind of change things. And then, you know, two songs turned into 10 songs, turned into an album that I, the first album that I have was completely crowdfunded. I raised five grand and I, I, I raised money to shoot music videos and this, and, and then, um, the next special after that uh, was just an experiment. And um, I spent like $1,000, called in some favors, rented a little theater in LA, filmed it with four cameras. And I had never meant to put it out. Because <clears throat> I filmed that, what, at the beginning of 2019? And I had a manager at the time, and I was like, can you just... Uh, oh, well, let me take it back a little bit more, because I mean, I'm sure... If you're like, I don't know, I had a lot of odd jobs too, right? So when I moved to LA, I was working at the Apple store for about six years. And around 2017, I quit because they were going to fire me. And I was given, I was given everybody, I have a whole joke about this, but I was giving everybody discounts and eventually they caught on. And I, it wasn't even like, it's just like, you know, stuff from Apple is expensive. I was just trying to help people out. I mean, man, people were coming in, you know, like having their last paycheck, you know, trying to buy their kid a computer, you know, going to college. And I just was like this. No, this is too expensive. I can't, this is, yeah, this is unacceptable. I was like, let me give you a discount. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook you up. And then I think one of my coworkers was like, did you give those people a discount? Like, just kind of giving me grief about it. And I mean, I don't know, man. You seem like the kind of guy who understands, like, a lot of things don't matter. You know what I mean? You have a company that's, that's making, you know, uh, a couple thousand dollars per square foot every minute of the day. You know, I don't think they're going to hurt for 
a couple hundred dollars here. You know what I mean? Also, you genuinely want to help them. I want to genuinely help them. I'm not here. I'm not here like, ooh, I'm going to get Apple. Ooh, I'm going to get them. No, because I use Apple. I love the Apple products. You know what I'm saying? And I was just trying to help people. And and it was funny. They I always had good, what they called net promoter scores, basically like people who they give you a review after. I felt like I was a good employee. I brought, I try to bring a certain level of authenticity and a personal, a personal touch to, I, you know, I remember doing, did you ever have any odd jobs like that where you had to work like little jobs here and there? Cause I know you've done a lot of, I know you've done a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying like, if you ever had to do like work at a Starbucks or something like that, you know what I'm saying? No, my, my odd job was waiting tables and bartending. Sure. Okay. I did that too. Yeah. I've been working doing that since I was like 12, 13 years old. Of I course, started out yeah. at the concession stand. That's I did that first and then got into All right, let me ask you a question. But I was let me ask you a question. This, I don't know if this happened. Let's say let's say this this family's there. They just got some popcorn, hot dog. They literally just pay for it. They take two steps back. Their little kid knocks all of it over and they're like, "What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to charge them again?" I no. wouldn't charge them again. No. You know what I'm saying? And I just had one of these coworkers who I just did not, I guess they didn't feel that way. It was just like, yo, at the end of the day, we're selling phones and computers and it's not that serious. You know, this isn't that serious. People are this, on the, on the spectrum of what is serious in your life. You about to, you about to have an argument with me over a 10% discount on a computer. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I remember, cause I remember that this vividly. Cause then like the, ne the next shift that came in, they like took me right into the manager's office. We had to have a whole conversation. That sort of stuff just always like, and for anybody out there, if you work in a real t retail job, just know that it's not that serious. It's fine. And, but yeah, so I had to quit because they, because they were like going to do this whole thing. Cause I was giving discounts for like a couple of years. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like deep down they the were about to go deep into all my transactions. I, you know what, this is not worth it. I quit, but I, I do truly believe that, you know, the universe will provide if you make space for it, if you meet the universe halfway, whatever you know you know the universe could be god whatever whatever it is for you but if, if you you know if you work hard and you you create space and you're like i want this in my life so literally like a couple months after i quit i did i had just signed with a college agent and uh there's a whole other circuit i have a whole video about how to do colleges or performing colleges um and that first you have to showcase in front of a couple hundred schools. And and then I um I remember they, they came up to me after the showcase. It was it was just, I had I had to book two showcases in the South. And they came up to me and they were like, You were one of the best showcases we've seen in years. And I remember I booked like 40 schools, 40 tour dates for the next year. So basically my I knew my rent was going to be paid for the next like I always wanted to do this. And the universe came through. And then at the same time I also booked a commercial that paid me like my first almost I almost made my first six figures doing acting too, you know. And this was like like a few months. I remember I took a loan out on my four hundred one k because I didn't know what was what I was gonna do. I was really, and but then like, you know, having faith and and working hard, the universe provided, you know, and um, and I I never had to work a an odd job after that again. And I you know, not to say that. And here's the thing. Not to say that I'll never have to do that again, because I always have the mentality that, you know what, I might have to, you know, do TaskRabbit or Postmates or whatever. I have, I, you know, my, as my buddy says, I think he quotes something, he's like, let 
what is it? Let me bury my pride before my pride buries me. You know, and it's like, I'm not above doing, because my, my mom cleaned houses and cooked for people. And I was 14, 15, chopping onions in the kitchen while she was catering. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I've always had that mentality, like, there, don't be afraid and don't think people are going to look down. Some people might, but that, but that's honestly like a fault of theirs. You know what I mean? Right. And it says nothing about you. It says nothing about me working hard. Right. Um, and, uh, so anyway, quit. And then, so that was 2017, 2018, I'm touring. And in 2019, I was like, let me just film an hour of comedy and see if I can do it. Film my special one shot. And I never meant to put that out. So we were, we, we've come full circle. I thought my manager at the time was going to like kind of send it out, get some traction. Like, look, he can do this. He really can do this. I filmed it a couple months into 2019. I booked my first TV appearance for NBC's Bring the Funny, which a couple of notables were on that year with me. Michael Longfellow, who's a new cast member on SNL. Matt Reif, who is like selling out world tour status. Myself and every Ali Sadiq, a lot of good people were on that show doing good things. Um, and you know, that was another instance we thought that was going to really move the needle from my career and it kind of didn't really do a whole lot. And then, um, you know, around 2020, I think we all know what happened, but I think that's when I had to pivot again. And, uh, I was just kind of home, right? Like I wasn't really doing a whole lot and I invested in like, uh, I haven't really whipped it out, but like, you know, I invested, like, uh, you know, like in a bunch of like, 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 yo, yo. You know, like, 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 like I, I invested in a bunch of audio and video equipment and I said yes to everything. I had so many comedy peers who were like, I'm not going to be doing comedy over Zoom in 2020, 2021. And I was like, let me just like, let me go on. Let me go on YouTube. Let me see what the best cameras are for streaming. Let me see what the best microphones. I was like, let me let me do everything. Let me see what all, all this. Let me see, figure out lighting and this. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so I said yes to everything. And the first gig was Yelp. My buddy was like, hey, do you want to do a gig for Yelp for no money on Zoom? I said, yeah, I'll do it. And it was like this thing called for Yelp elite members. Yelp elite members are basically people with a lot of opinions and they leave a lot, they leave a lot of reviews, which I appreciate them because I need, we need these people. Okay. But the way the venue, the way it worked was, it was like, I was going to perform for 30 minutes and a couple of people from Yelp would come and watch. And uh, I just took donations. I just like took Venmos and PayPals and, and, and what cash apps, whatever it was. So that event went so well that the guy was like, Hey, we really like this. We're going to, this was only in like the San Diego market. We're going to see if we could branch this out to other markets. Uh, and then I did like five or more in like Miami and like New York, different markets around the country. Right. And then I kind of became that guy. I was like, I do the, I do the zoom stuff by the end of 2020 in December, I had 20 corporate zoom events. Okay. By the end of 2021, I had doubled that. Okay. But, and in 2021, was it 2020 or 2020, 2021, I was doing my taxes. I had made about 50 grand only doing uh, virtual performing, virtual performances. Only that, right? 
And by the end of 2021, I, things were opening up a little bit. I was doing tour dates. Uh, I had also booked like a major commercial campaign. So in 2021, I had made uh, six figures. And then that like, you know, and then in 2022, I had made like, you know, I'm not going to go through the numbers, but based, you know, between my, my touring, my private events, my virtual events, my acting jobs, uh, I just was kind of shocked. You know, I had to hire a, like a finance guy to go through my finances and stuff. And I want to say, I'm not saying it's like that all the time. I, I got to put a disclaimer in here because people are going to think I'm rich, rich. And I, I'm absolutely not. I live in a one bedroom apartment. I have a little office space. I drive a 2023 Kia that I'm leasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I'm I'm out here, you know, I'm out, you know, it's not like that. I'm, I stay humble and I, and I just call it back wages because for the first 10 years of my career, I was making no money. I was making no money. I was working several jobs. You know what I mean? I was working retail, like hustle. I would work my job at retail and then I would go out at night, do my shows, open mics, hoping something would happen. I was doing personal IT work. I did TaskRabbit. I did Uber. I did Lyft. I did, I did everything, bro. I did, I, I worked at a bar. I did everything. You know what I mean? What was your oddest odd job? I, well, you know, TaskRabbit, that was always interesting. You know, TaskRabbit, I would show up to a, a, a person's house and like organize their garage or I'd have to put together Ikea furniture for them. It was mostly like single moms or moms who just didn't, or who, whose partners were like not there. And I just kind of put this fringe and it wasn't even that odd, but that was, that was kind of what I was doing, you know? Um, and, and, um, but okay. So 2019, so then 2020 special drops, TikTok is popping. I'm like, you know what? I have neglected social media and, and posting on YouTube and all these things for a long time. I'm not consistent with it. Mostly because I was always insecure about other peers of mine saying that I wasn't like pure comedy or I was like, I don't know. So, so, so all these excuses we make in our head to not do something. And then um, I was like, I had all these backlogs of clips. I said, let me go post these every other day on uh, TikTok. And I, and I, I want to put, put the, my, my mode of attack is I will, when I'm about to do something new, I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself two months to do this. So I'm going to post every week for two months, or I'm going to post a clip every day for two months. Cause I like that. At least that's the time that I've chosen. If you're somebody out there looking to do a new career, you, you pick your own time frame. whether it's, I don't think one week is enough. I don't think, I think you've got to give yourself a minimum a month. Two months is I think pretty good. Six months is probably ideal to give yourself time to do anything properly. Uh, because I think what happens is I think people see people go viral and they think like, Oh, like I could have, overnight this is going to happen and that's i mean you know yeah and and you know i mean i we talked you know you you grind you do a bunch of stuff right it, it, you got to build a skill set you got to know, know if you even like doing it right because that's a big part of it too like the, the 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 reality of doing a thing and and like the reality of wanting to do a thing and actually doing the thing are are so different right so so 2020 i'm putting the clips out and stuff is going viral, you know. I'm, I'm getting hundreds of thousands of followers within a within a day, within a week, like crazy, crazy growth. And, but this was also at a time when TikTok, this was like the gold. Like 2020 was when it wasn't super saturated, you know. 
Um, so, so now it's a little bit harder and I've been around a little bit. So people are kind of familiar with me. People already tell me that they, I don't show up on their FYP as much, but it's mostly because I've just been around, you know, grinding, um, you know, Brittany grinding, Brittany Griner, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, you know, so 20, here we are, 2023. I'm so close to a million followers. I've been grinding out, sticking to my brand, uh, selling tickets. Um, I'm averaging like two to, and I got to say this too, like I have friends who are like, bro, how did you go viral? I'm like, honestly, man, I don't know. I've been posting a clip a day for three years. I've posted like 700 clips, bro. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you, I've only hit, I've only broken a million views on TikTok like a handful of times, maybe, maybe 10 times. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and then I think the most interesting thing about the social media game was 2022, all right. I am in Scotland doing the Fringe Festival, which is a arts festival, theater festival, music, arts, comedy, everything. A week after I get there, I'm supposed to live there for a month. I get a DM from Nick Cannon. And mostly because he saw my clips online. And he goes, hey, you ready to come? I'm literally looking at, I'm literally, I swear to God, I'm looking at a photo of him right now because I'm downloading the photos from the episode I was in. Uh, he literally, is, he's like, you want to come while out with us? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, you got to be in Atlanta at the end of August. I said, all right. So I had to cut my, I had to cut this festival short. All of a sudden I'm in Scotland for a month. I fly to Atlanta. Now I'm in Atlanta for a month. Um, thrown into this whirlwind of this show. I never had this experience. Super humbling experience. Cause to be honest with you, I don't watch myself on the show. I don't know if I did a good job. I feel like I did only okay on the show. But that, that's a me thing. I got to figure, you know, but I learned a lot, you know, um, and that's 2020 at 2022 September. And then I'm selling tickets all of us. And then I had a little blow up on Instagram in October of 2022. And then I'm selling tickets like all of a sudden it went from like 100 tickets to like 300 tickets like out of nowhere. I'm like, what is going on? So then um, end of 2022, I'm like, you know what? I, I think it's time. I've been running this hour. Let me self-fund my comedy special. I have had opportunities to do it with this, this, and this person. But, you know, I took about 30 grand out. I was fortunate enough to be able to do it. If I didn't have the money, I was just going to put it all on credit cards. I'm not even going to lie to you. I was going to do it myself. Either way. But I funded it myself. Uh, had the vision myself. And I worked with a production company and a director. And, um, you know, we we submitted to all the the streaming services everybody said no and in general they're saying no to a lot of people that's not you know if you are curious about that there's an article in the la Times to talk a little bit more about that but um i put it out myself i dropped it like two or three weeks ago it's at what 50s almost fifty-six thousand views uh which you know and it's and here's the thing it's a piece of work that i'm proud of it did. It didn't go viral crazy like my my last special did. I think that was a special moment in time, when everything was kind of new. Um, but I think it's it's gonna get me. This special is gonna pay back in in ways I can't really imagine right now, you know. Uh, and I think it's people will always be able to watch it from from this moment forward. And something may not go viral now. It might go viral tomorrow. And the truth is, like, I might book a tv show or a movie role in the next couple months or whatever that blows up or maybe i won't 
But long story, you don't, you can't really put a, a, a expiration date on a piece of work of yours because you don't know what kind of life it's going to have. So, um, you know, two weeks, three weeks ago, just shot my last, uh, the uh, season 23 of, uh, no, season 21 of Wild and Out, shot uh, seven episodes with them. Uh, I booked my first little movie role uh, two weeks ago. We're shooting out in July. Um, and I have a 30 city tour across the country. Uh, you know, we've already sold one of the tour dates out. And then in 2024, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to do Europe. And look, and, I, and I'm not out here. And just so you guys know, I'm not out here selling 3,000 seat venues like Matt Reif. I'm not doing that. And I'm... I'm selling what I can sell and I'm making a living and I'm proud of that. And, and I'm building a fan base and I'm building equity in my own brand. You know what I'm saying? And I'm happy with it. You know, I'm satisfied, nice, man. Congratulations. I think, I think that I appreciate that. And that's kind of where we're at now. And I think, you know, going, speaking, going back to pivoting, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things you can do. I, I can go into Broadway. I could sing on Broadway. I can write a musical for Pixar. I could, there's just so much you can do. I could write a kid's book. I could do whatever. I could do whatever I want. You know, it's a matter of what, do I, what am I going to focus my time on? And that's, that's what becomes, I think for people like us, maybe you could, res this resonates with you, but there's that feeling when you get up, that's overwhelming of like, God, I can do anything of like, what do I do? I'm like, so, I'm so anxious about what I, what is going to be worth my time? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Or it, well, if I have an idea, I have to act on it. Right. I have to pursue this dream or launch this product or learn this outlet. Like I have to do it. Yeah. And it's a feeling and you have to, and it's, it's scary to give into that feeling because you know, it also, it also makes it tough on your personal relationships, your friendships here, because like, you know, you're like, Hey, I got to move to this state and like start a business. You're like, why? You're like, I don't know. I just got, I got to do it. <laughs> I got to do it. Bro. Yeah. I don't know, man. I got to do it. Um, so it's just like that sometimes, you know, and, um, and I, I definitely, I see that in people. I respect that in people. I appreciate it in people. And, uh, for the people I don't see that in, I try to inspire them to do, to, to know that they can do that. You know, that's why like, I talk about it with such enthusiasm because it's like, um, I work in an industry for a long time where you kind of really had to wait for somebody to you know, give you the keys to the, to the, to the car, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, it's just like, and after waiting so long and waiting and waiting and you're like, I just can't wait anymore. Like, I just got to do this on my own. I, and, 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 and thank God for, you know, places like for Instagram and TikTok for the people who really work hard on their craft, who really stick with it and stick, stick to putting themselves out there. Um, there can be results, you know? There's just, there can be, you know, there can be results. And uh, sometimes it, it doesn't hit right away. And sometimes it, I mean, I had a good friend who I told him like, bro, just start posting. Uh, just start posting. And he's like, I hate this. I hate this. For like a year. He's like, I hate this. A year later, he's like, thank you so much for telling me to do this because stuff happened. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, I'm not here to guarantee that it will. I'm here to say, like, you got to just keep going up to, to bat. You know, even the best even the best baseball player has an RBI, like a .3. You know what I mean? And that's 3 out of 10. That's a failure, technically. Right? So, you know. What's always stuck with me is just 
the possibility. That's all I need. That's all you need. And I'll tell you what, that, that weight of regret of not doing the thing at all is heavier than the weight of, of doing it and not succeeding at it. I'm telling you. Never want to wonder what if. You, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll never regret something that you did and, didn't, and failed at. You'll always be wondering about the thing you didn't do. Those first 10 years, uh, I mean, they were exciting. They were tough. I look back on it with fond memories. Uh, but they're definitely, mo and I will say this, when I was 20, I said, I want to do comedy and I'm going to give myself, I literally said, I'm going to give myself 10 years to make it in this industry to see if I can make a living doing it. And if I can't do it by 30, then I'll pivot to something else. Then that's the universe telling me I shouldn't be doing this, you know? Um, so it really was around year 10 that I started making money, but those years doing it, I mean, look, there were nights when you're, it's like 1am and you're at a bar in the Lower East Side and, or you know the west village and you're kind of like is this worth it like what am i doing like you know saying no to social engagements like you could be at a party hanging out and those were tough you know like there was definitely friendships that i probably missed out on uh moments that might have been super fun but but i feel like the reward now is just so much greater um yeah there were just some there's some rough nights man so when you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're nervous and you're asking your mom for a couple hundred dollars and you know, and you're in, you're, you have debt, student loan debt. And yeah, there were just a couple nights, man. There's just a couple nights, you know, I don't have any in specific specifics, but then man, there were some, some nights that are just, that are just so great. You know, about to drop an F bomb, but they're, that are just so, that are just so great. Like you have an amazing set. You, 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 you hang out with some really funny people. You meet some people. You just have these nights that you can't really, you try a new joke and it just feels so good and it lands. And, you know, my, my best friend I met doing comedy. And that was, uh, that was one of the things that was so special. I met him first year, year or two of doing comedy. And we're, to this day, we're friends. And um, he, he's, a, he's a good example of somebody who pivoted. He didn't like doing comedy. He did it for six years. I firmly believe he would have been a, one of the greats, funnier than me, bro. And he was like, this isn't the lifestyle for me. Just graduated from med school, like top of his class, uh, literally in May last month. My age, 36. All right. Everybody is a decade younger than him in his class. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and he pivoted and, and he's a doctor, you know, and it's like, and, um, but yeah, there were just some really good. And also, you know, there's those days when you see, you're like seven years in and you see somebody, you know, all of a sudden get catapulted into fame and stardom. And you're like, why them? And not, there's a lot of why them, not me. How I deserve this. You think you deserve that. And, uh, you know, it's just, you got to learn to love the process and learn to know that the things that are meant for you will find you and the things that are not are, will pass you by and, or however that phrase goes, you know what I'm saying? I just don't think I could do anything else, man. I don't, I don't think I could be working at a Wells Fargo, even though I bank with them and I have a lot of respect for it. Look, I, I just don't think I could be like when I was working at the Apple store, I was good at my job to the point I spoke three languages. I speak three languages. They were always trying to have me go full time and have me become a manager and move up in the company. I just said no every time. I would have been, I could have, I would think I would have been fine at anything I'd done. I would have been fine at anything I would have done. You know what I mean? I think the life of a creative is a little bit different. It's like you find, purpose in your work you know and uh i mean you see people who are in the tech industry right now getting laid off i saw a, fr a friend of mine who said 
he's applied for like a hundred jobs working in tech. He was making good money and he can't get a job now. You know what I'm saying? And it's just sort of like I have control of my, my destiny and, and I, I think I'm not beholden to anybody. And if I needed, I just, there's always something I just know I could do it. You know what I mean? What's something about you? People would be surprised to find out. Hmm. I mean, like I play a lot of video games. I play League of Legends. Like I like League of Legends. It's the nerdiest thing I do, you know. Yo, check this out. I just bought. I didn't just buy this, but I just got my little steering wheel set up. There's this guy. There's this guy on. Um, we're actually. We're actually. Anyway, I got this set up. But there's a guy on. There's a guy on TikTok. Zeus. Hey, Zeus from Kansas City. And I saw him just vibing and cruising. I don't know if you've seen this guy, but I'm just a fan of his. His vibe is just really dope. And uh, he inspired me to get a steering wheel to cruise and put some music on. And uh, I decompressed. I started doing that. I got my little Gran Turismo doing the sim racing. Um, League of Legends, uh, Call of Duty. Uh, I, play, I got the PS5 next to me as well. So I play a lot of video games. And um, what else? I've never had a Red Bull. That blows people's mind. I've never had a Red Bull. Never had one. And you speak three languages. Portuguese and Spanish. My followers are always shocked when I'm on live and I start, I just whip out. So, hey, meu bem, tudo bem com você? Você precisa, what you need? Fica comigo. Like, they'll be like, oh my God, he speaks Portuguese, you know? So, that's always kind of dope. And then I like to cook and I think like eventually I'll open up a food truck or a restaurant or something like my dad. You know what uh cuisine what would be the theme of your food truck i don't know like i think it's going to be comfort food for sure it's not going to be rooted in like only argentinian food it's going to be the food that i like to eat and the way i like to eat like i like to eat a lot of little things like i like to sample like small plates yeah. you know so maybe i'll do like little lasagna bites little cheeseburger bites like little everything right because like sometimes you don't know what you want and um you know just have several things there for everybody you know i'll like i'll only do fish tacos i'll only do like a meat lasagna i'll only do a chicken quesadilla or like you know what i'm saying because there's different foods from everywhere that i really like you know yeah do you have a signature recipe you know um i i don't and i'll tell you why because my my parents taught me that as long as you have some olive oil garlic salt and pepper you could pretty much make anything taste good and for people out there who like those are the base ingredients you can build off of that if you don't know how to cook something with salt black pepper olive oil and garlic you kind of messing up you know what i'm saying you kind of messing up that's all you really need so it's all based off of that you know but I'll make black beans from scratch. Uh, I, you know, I love rice and beans. And, uh, and I make a really good chicken quesadilla. I mean, it's not hard. I just make it really good. You just got to make sure you butter the, the pan before you put the tortilla on. And, make, and then, you know, just make, that, make sure that's crispy. That's all it is. Some people don't cook it long enough. Do you do no, they don't put tortillas? enough butter. I don't do homemade tortillas, no. Although there is a place by me that does it. It's a place called... Uh, not Casablanca, although Casablanca does it too. Um, but they they have a little Mexican woman making Paco's Tacos. They have a little Mexican woman. She makes it 
like right there on the thing in front of you. And these, these, they're so good. That's so how good. you know it's legit when they have her there for sure. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's legit when she's there, you know? So, yeah. What took you from New York to LA? A girl, a girl, for sure. A girl, a girl. I look, I knew I was going to move here at some point. I knew I would have to move here at some point to work in film and TV. Uh, I think this girl just sped up the process. I'm not with her anymore, but she just sped up the process. And, and like I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. She broke my heart, but everything happens, happens for a reason. And, um, you know, we're here now we're doing, we're doing well, we're thriving. Where does your inspiration come from? Now my inspiration come comes from my fans. Honestly, I, I have, they've given me so much that I feel an obligation to them to, create more and do more and give them more material, do more short shows, evolve my act. Cause I'm not about being the best. I'm about changing. I'm about evolving. So if you saw my first special on YouTube, it's just me and the guitar. The second special, it's more polished. We have piano. I'm singing, I'm talking, I'm performing. There's some jokes in it. Third special, there's going to be multimedia. There's going to be, so we're changing it and we're just trying to give different flavors and, sh and show different sides of ourselves, you know? So that's what, that's what it is. Always the, you know, the inspiration comes from growth and wanting to be better, you know? Yeah. Pushing myself. I'll say this. I have a mission statement. My mission statement is to create genuine and authentic experiences for audiences. And whether that's through laughter, whether that's through, you know, a film or TV show, I think you should treat yourself if you're an artist, especially have a mission state for, for yourself because that allows you to grow as an artist. So you're not beholden unless your mission statement is my mission statement is to do stand up comedy and write the funniest jokes of all time. And that's it. Then you're going to work towards that, you know, but um, if you look at a lot of really top tier brands like fortune 500 fortune 100 companies, their mission statements aren't like my mission statement is, you know, to create the best iPhone there is. It's different, you know, it's different. Like how do we, it's there, it's a little bit more there. It's, it's a personal level, you know? So I try to emulate something like that. Speaking of giving back your latest special is free. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple ads in it, but I place them properly somewhere, you know, give back to the audience. And also I don't want there to be a paywall. Uh, I think exposure, word of mouth is more important than a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars here from YouTube ad revenue. And, um, you know, these people are going to be like, you know, the people who really love me, they're going to be lifetime fans. You know what I'm saying? And so they're going to be buying equity in me. They're going to be buying my merch. They're going to be buying tickets to my shows. Um, they're going to be listening to my song on Spotify and iTunes. And that's its own payment. You know what I mean? And they build, they build my fan base and it all circles back to like, if you're a casting director who's casting a new movie and you see my Instagram or TikTok, all of a sudden I'm, I'm on wild and out. Right. So you can't look at it like, uh, as far as the art, you can't look at it as a, uh, what can I gain from this monetarily? Because I think you'll lose that way. You know, you've got to really think big picture, you know? And also a lot of people are, people are crunched for money right now. It's like, you wouldn't make them pay $5. And I, and I gave them an option. If they want to give me money and donate, they can. I've probably gotten about $2,000 in donations from the special, you know, about a, about $1,000 in ad revenue from the, the special. So like, have I made my money back? Absolutely not. But 
you know, it's, it's definitely led to some things. Last question for you. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it with what's coming later this year with the tour and going into next year. But my question to you is what's next? Like I said, so we got the tour. We got the, I booked a movie. I don't know when that's going to come out, how it's going to come out. Um, two more seasons of Wild and Out that have yet to air that will be airing. Um, 30 City Tour. 2024 is going to be the European tour. We just sat down to talk about uh, a tour date in London. Once we have the London tour date, we're going to build the, the t- tour around that tour date. You know, so. On a personal note, as a creator, as an artist, what's next for you? What do you want to evolve personally and with your show? I would love to have a residency of some sort, find a venue, and kind of bring back that old type of like rat pack lounge kind of show where you can sing, like walking around the crowd, talking to people, interacting with the audience, making them part of the show. Something more, you know, I'll wear like a little suit, little little tuxedo, make it real classy. I'd like to try something like that. Have a full band, you know? Just the, the, the overhead for a full band is a lot, you know? Yeah. Again, congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate that, man. All right, man, that's a wrap. That's what's cool. up. Thank you, man. Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories. <laughs>